0: We're from the big big island. We're from the big big island Yeah you rich podcast. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! you You range the kinda.
1: Welcome to the Hill Ranch Podcast. I'm your host, Keiko Smith. Today, I have a husband, soon-to-be father, hunter, small business owner, fly fishing connoisseur, and owner of Native Rod Company On, my buddy Derek. How are you doing today, bud? Good, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, I wanted to have you on the podcast because, obviously, you're a sponsor um, and, well, a fucking friend. You help out a lot of veterans that are trying to get into fly fishing and stuff like that. You have um, veterans that are doing R- R&D for you. Is that what it's called, R&D? Yeah. So, um, obviously, you've been in the fly fishing game for a while now, and Native Rod Company isn't your first rod company. You actually had a different rod company before you started building these new line of rods. Um, tell us a little bit about your first company and then how Native Rod Company came to be.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, Sutana Rod Company was founded and uh, it was back in two thousand fifteen. Um, basically, just started building some custom fly rods and uh, come up with the idea to, you know, it was, was not wasn't a necessarily a non-profit, but uh, one of our main focusing goals was to take our profits and to donate back to bed. Um, so that, that was kind of the concept between that. You know, I simply enjoyed building robbed and, um, you know, I had the opportunity to go down to places like uh, Lake Havasu, Arizona, fish for stripers, with, uh, you know, a marine bed, um... We, uh, you know, there was there was a lot of cool opportunities, but along those lines, um, you know, with Native or uh, with Rod Company, uh, you know, I learned that there was definitely um, some building improvements that a lot of these other companies could uh, could, uh, could could improve upon, and um, that's basically what got the wheels turning with Native Rod
1: Company. <laughs> okay, so you saw you saw kind of a a need for a better built rod. I mean, obviously, there's. There's good rods out there. Obviously, you haven't tried them all, but the ones you did try, you 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 saw that they could be improved upon, and decided, well, fuck it, why not? This is America. Let me be the one to improve on them.
0: Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, um, and and that's right. There's there's some phenomenal rod companies out there. Phenomenal custom rod builders. And my buddy Shane, a uh, young Wolf, Well, you know, there's guys out there that. Trust me, can make a rod look insanely beautiful, but the backbone of it was the componentry and the taper design of the graphite. Um, You know, what a lot of these companies, you know, with marketing and things nowadays, um, it's hard to gain exposure as a small business. But I truly do believe with what what we've done, we take some of the leading guys in the industry, you know, from, you know, Mike McFarland, Mike McCoy, and Snake Brand, and, um, you know, Roger down at Flexco, and we've collaborated this this one rod, you know, this company of mine, and uh, just generated what I consider to be one of the up-and-coming best, you know, it's, it's a competitor to your Orvis and Reddington, and uh, Sage, and Winston, and Scott. Um, you know, I, I just really feel like the you know, look out, guys, because we're you know we're we're coming for sure. And uh, you know, another big concept that that I think is important to note is that we're lifetime warranty, 100% American made, and uh, it, it, it's it's direct to consumers. So you're cutting out that middleman shops. And I'm all for shops, but let's let's be honest, shops they don't make a living off of selling fire ups. Not most shops, at really and uh you know for 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 the little guys like me that are starting out it just made the most sense to have you know that direct to consumer um you know contact and uh,
1: customer service so yeah, yeah. and what, what i i really appreciate also is with native rod company yeah. when i have an issue with my rod i get a hold of you directly and what what's crazy about it is You go to these big box brands like Orvis. Orvis has great rods, don't get me wrong. Um, But when I get an Orvis rod, I'm paying a top dollar amount for a manufactured rod. So it's just mass-produced rods, insane prices. And I believe, not just because you're a sponsor, but I truly believe that your rod, which is and when it, when it gets into when we get into fly rods your rods actually not that expensive when you start getting into custom rods and for your price point compared to these big box brands like Orvis and stuff like that I just I can't I can't see a better rod than yours for three times the price it just it doesn't make sense to me so I yeah. I I I think what you're doing with the direct to consumer direct to um, when they call and they need warranty work because you said lifetime warranty when they when they try to get a hold of someone it's Derek that picks up the fucking phone and I love that yeah yeah and, and you know don't get me wrong
0: my wife she's definitely involved she's uh she's been the supporting spouse obviously um, cause you know a business like this to do it do it right it's not cheap and you know we didn't we didn't pull out loans or have no investors. We simply, um, you know, we, we worked our way into to designing this business. Everything from the you know the graphics and the logos, and then the tooling and benches, and then obviously R and B for tapers and communicating and networking. And I mean, it's, it, there's a lot. There's years of work that goes into that. And um, so you like you said, man. The, bit, the you know the big thing is. Premium price for something, and it's like a process to get a hold of somebody. And then once you do get a hold of them, it's like ninety-day warranty, like return around, or you know, it. It's just, and I get it. These, you know, a lot of these companies.
1: So you even cover accidental damage?
0: Yeah, we cover accidental damage. I mean, that's, you know, no fault warranty. The only thing that we do charge, obviously, is the labor fee. So, you know, if you, if you break your butt into the rod where the majority of your componentry is at, you know, your fighting butt, your real seat, obviously there's there's some terms that we would have to work out there for, you know, me having to glue things back on and, you know, put new wraps on but from the componentry standpoint, that's a hundred percent covered. Um, and you know, you look at a lot of other brands like little Bold or on um, vortex or, you know, that's more in the hunting industry, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, it was kind of, you know, I, I believe that I'm that confident in my rods. I've watched guys grab them by the, you know, midsection of the blank and pull fish in. And I mean, a lot of rods you can't do that, man. They don't hold that structural integrity. So, um, that's something that, but accidents happen, man. And when you pay a premium price, you know, for, for a blue collar guy like me, you know, I feel like a $560 rod, um, you know, my profit margins probably aren't near what page or what things are, but, um, I, I, I take pride known in
1: business like that and taking care of my customers. so yeah. And so you say blue collar, um, you didn't. You you don't build rods full time, and you didn't uh, start building rods when you were a kid or anything like that. You're actually an aerospace welder by trade. So yeah, when so- when you look at aerospace, you have very minimal room for error because yeah. your fuck up could cost somebody their lives. So I I'm guessing you take that type of scrutiny when it comes to building your rods
0: yeah i mean i i don't know if it was kind of thin from my grandfather you know my dad my dad would he would get a big chunk of cedar and just sit there and whittle on it for months and like turn it into like this you know sculpture and it was like i don't know maybe it was just ingrained into me to have some sort of you know tight tolerance or perfection however you'd like to word it but um yeah, you're not, you're not getting, you know, uneven wraps with big gaps in them, and, you know, I'm, I'm very, you know, I like to, you know, the most important thing to a rod, to me, is that it's great that it cats and it's great that it catches fish, but structural integrity, you know, going back to the aerospace stuff, is like, what's the point in having something if it doesn't last? And, um, you know, by creating something with such great structural integrity from the resins and the way that it's rolled. And, you know, we use an unsanded graphite. You know, people, they sand graphite smooth blanks down to to reduce weight. And when you do that, it it creates brittleness and it doesn't have as much ductility in the rod. And um, so by having a true taper design, less unsanded is, uh, in my perspective, you know, there's one other company uh, actually there's two other companies I'll give them a shout out uh, Livingston Rod Company they're out of Montana here as well uh, I'm not sure where their blanks are from um, and Scott Rod Company they're in Colorado um, but I mean if you look up Scott they're known for durability man. and I truly believe that that's that's because of the way they design the rods um, so you know not trying to talk about other rod companies obviously but um i'm just trying to make a point that there's a bunch of variables that come into this whether you look at it from a quality standpoint you know on my perspective or the actual um
1: componentry that helps make up the entire rod itself. and all of your um i think we talked about this before when we when i first got involved with you but all of these components for your rods are actually Sourced in the U.S., correct. Correct. Yes. So I know, like, um, not only not only are your rod components sourced in the U.S., but even your fucking sleeves are is sewn by or rod socks is sewn by a woman in Colorado. Your tubes are also built in Colorado. Correct.
0: Yep. Yep. They're made in Colorado.
1: So not only are you supporting, or when when someone buys a native rod not only are they supporting a small business out of Montana, but they're also supporting small businesses around the US that all come together in this fucking perfection of a yeah, fly rod. And, yeah. Yeah, and you know it, it, you can go anywhere, you know, online and buy a fly rod for two or three hundred dollars and I'm not
0: saying it's not gonna work, but it it's almost You know, you're just especially something like fly fishing. If if, if you're already dabbling in it, it's not cheap. And if it's something that you want to progress at, you know, it's it's almost best just to go ahead and wait the extra month or two and get get that good because it's only going to make it simpler and easier for you to learn. You know, fly fishing is not the easiest thing to learn, but it is a muscle memory. It's just like throwing a baseball. You know, anything that you you consistently do you know it becomes second nature and you don't even think about you know you watch a movie uh you know with a brass pit with a river runs through it or whatever you know um it looks so it looks like man how does he do that but after you do it for a while man it's just like pushing a button on a Zepco 303 and letting it rip it's not you don't really think about it
1: yeah and like I so I taught myself how to fly fish um I, I went to Walmart, bought a fly rod for thirty bucks, watched videos on YouTube, learned how to fly fish. I found a used rod, or no, it was actually a new rod on sale. It was a, fucking, it was a ten weight fly rod, two piece from Dick's Sporting Goods, and I used my six weight fly reel on that rod. And was catching bass on that thing. And you want to talk about a fucking nightmare to cast? Because I didn't understand the the ergonomics of a rod or how fly rods work. I just thought like, hey, a, a fly reel is a fly reel. Fly line is fly line. I don't know what these weights are about. But this is a cool looking rod. Bought it. Casted it. And oh my gosh, dude. Honestly, after like 10 casts, my shoulder was killing me. Everything hurt. And... That's when I was like, "Okay, something's wrong." Started looking into it and figured out that I was a fucking idiot, and needed to. <laughs> there, there was a reason why these weights are the way they are. Yeah, yeah, it's uh,
0: you know, people make it probably. I would say I wouldn't even say people. I would say the industry makes it more complicated than it. Be. Um, you know, we were a true line matching rod company you know uh i would never preach tell you to overline something unless you're fishing in saltwater flats um really trying to punch some line through wind on a bigger weight rod like a 10 11 nine weight something like that but yeah man it it it, it all coincides together you know it's it, it's relatively simple you know you get a 6 weight reel 6 weight rod 6, six weight line and um you know you can get heavier line the heavier the line that I means you can pass faster Short distance um lighter weight lines but the you know you always want a tapered line um they got there's so much to go into it's just like anything else you know especially a guy like me i'm super into it so it just depends how far if you just want to go catch fast go get a floating line you know if you want one of our rods um our Baron Series XF is a phenomenal bass fishing rod, smallmouth, largemouth. Um, probably like a five or six weight, depending on where you're located geographically. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, really its pretty straightforward. I mean, it's just like anything else. You go out and buy a bow and arrow, and you're shooting 500-spine arrows, and you're wondering why your groups are all over the place. Well, that's because that arrow's about to explode, and you're way
1: on your spine. <laughs> Yeah, I made that. I made that mistake also getting into a fucking bow hunting, but what? So real quick, let's get into your um. Let's get into your series because the, the the rods a lot majority of my listeners are out of Hawaii, so they they saltwater fish and I I want to get fly fishing bigger in Hawaii and not just flats but even boats, man. Because like I want to fucking catch tuna and. Onos or wahoo's mahi mahi's. That's the kind of shit I want to catch on a fly rod, and it can be done. I've seen videos of it. But the series you have now is a freshwater series, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah, we do have an eight way that's salt water. More, it's more designed for like specks and redfish. Okay, so that would be more of a more of a Gulf Coast type rod, where or. Or i guess even bahamas yeah. and stuff like that where you're looking at like um bonefish Bom- and stuff like that
0: yeah or if you know a lot of guys up here we'll use them for like pike or steelhead um yeah so uh, i guess we should yeah we'll start off with the salt water so basically our rods are designed for you know for a purpose um you know uh, when, when, when I sell you a rod, I don't want you to. I don't want to say, "Hey, this is a do-all rod," because there, there, there's just no such thing. Um, and a lot of companies, you know, I feel like, within the industry, they they do say that. And yeah, for trout things like that, you can find a multi-purpose rod. But you start getting into these salt the saltwater game, you know, catching big drums and
1: you know, big reds, or you know, twenty, thirty, I, I forty pound fish. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at 11, 12, 13-weight rods. The
0: biggest thing with that is, uh, again, comes back to structural integrity. You know, it's great that it can cast the fly, but that's 25% of the game. Retrieving that fish in and, uh, you know, playing that fish and having a rod that's durable, it's going to last, and um, having the correct componentry on it is uh, ultimately going to make it a lifetime rod. You know, my whole goal here is yeah, I provide you with a lifetime warranty, but I do that because uh I believe in the product and um I don't think, you know, other than accidents, I don't think I'm gonna hear, Oh, well, uh I snapped the you know, I snapped a nine weight on a twenty six inch redfish. What? Like, no, that doesn't happen. Something, you know, that I'm not gonna allow that to happen. You know, I use a deflection board, you know, we check, we spine all of our rods. Um, there's a lot that goes into it, but the biggest thing with saltwater is, uh, you want it effortless, you want it strong, you know, you want, you want the cat, you want the rod to cast itself, you know, you, like you were saying, you know, you have that pen weight your shoulders when you, you're, your saltwater fishing, man, you, you know, you guys got Cobia, and I'm in, uh,
1: Hawaii. Um, I don't think so, man. I've never fucking caught one of those, and I've never seen anyone catch them before
0: coaches normally they hang around like uh basically what they'll do is they'll feed off of a lot of bait fish but it's fish that i've caught um they're they're amazing but um i caught them more in the carolina uh, they always hang out with shark bulls and stuff like that when sharks you know hit they'll they'll pick up a lot of the uh pieces of meat and stuff and then they'll hit wounded bait fish but um man when they hit they run and they run forever, so um, it's kind
1: of a I guess a comparison to some of the bigger fish that you guys would be catching down in Hawaii. Yeah, the the cobia, the I fought cobia before. I've shot them with my spear gun here in Texas, and I I if I was to compare a cobia to a Hawaii fish, it would be a uh, ulua, also known as a GT or giant Trevelli, They fight kind of similar, um, pound for pound. I would say Kobia and Uluas are kind of the same. They're just they're they're built differently. I mean a Ulua is built like a fucking tank and a um they just built so like a damn fighter jet. Yeah, a long. A Kobia is like yeah. a torpedo. <laughs> but they both kind of fight similar in my opinion. Um so right now are we in uh are we in R and D. Or research and development with the saltwater heavier saltwater rods for pelagics or are, are we still kind of at the drawing board with those
0: yeah i mean right now we're at paper designs and going through the r&d with you know with papers and making sure so there, there's a lot that goes into it um and uh the, the biggest thing i guess the best way to word this is that it's it's having patience man you know like me being a one-guy operation, my wife helps out, but, um, you know, I'm the guy that, that sits here till one, sometimes two o'clock in the morning, rapping rap and raj. Um, When I work at daytime, you know, job, this is my second job, uh, so, you know, hopefully at some point in time that will transcend and do, you know, the ultimate American dream of owning your own company and, you know... Uh, that way, but for right now, um, you know, patience is key. I'm hoping by March of 2021, we have saltwater series ready to rock, and um, we'll start uh, distributing those
1: and building them out and getting them ready for some guys down there, down that way south of me. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that's even even with that though, that's not really that long of a time frame. I mean, we're talking six months, eight months in rod development, yeah, and man. even. Even then, I mean, I I I think with the once you pass it out to the guys that you have for R and D, hopefully I'm one of those dudes, and we start testing them out and figuring out, hey, we may need this changed or that changed, where we can we can put them to the test because my brother in law just bought a fucking boat, and him and my sister went out uh this past weekend and caught a two hundred fifty pound marlin and a couple eighty pound tunas. So I might be fly fishing on his boat for these types of fucking things and might have to put this uh this lifetime warranty to the test.
0: Yeah, man, I mean that's what it's all about. You know, it's with with our growth, I'm a guy that's up here, you know, I originally grew up in the Midwest, around Lake Erie, stuff like that, um, you know, Bishon Cumberland, Kentucky Lake. Um you know, the peninsula of the Michigan, um, you know, obviously a bunch of rivers and stuff, and, uh, you know, moving out here to the Rockies, um, the, you know, we got pike and stuff, but, uh, you know, trout are definitely a, a special fish. They're smart. They're, um, you know, when they're not hungry, they don't eat. When they're starving, it's it's the best day of fishing ever, but, um, you know, the saltwater game is, uh, you know, I fished South Texas and Corpus and South Padre, yes Keys, um, you know, Southern Florida, Carolina, um, you know, but not a whole lot of, uh, like, I would say more of deep sea fly fishing, which I, I'd love to do. Um, but. I think it's going to be a game. Yeah. Like you said, there's, it's not just going to be like, Hey guys, here's the best saltwater water rod in the industry. Cause it doesn't work like that. You know, do I think it's going to be a great rod for the price? Of course. Yeah. I mean, but it's only going to get better from there. Now, the reason why I say that is because, you know, our trout rods are more freshwater rods. I, I do believe that, you know, they're, they're the best rods in the industry. I think that, um, if you talk to people that know anything about building and about what, what's on these rods and what comes with these rods, you know, it's, it's
1: a, like I said, it's a game changer. So. Yeah. And then even with the, uh, with the saltwater series, that's, that's what I like about you in general or your company in general is it's never, you're always striving for perfection. So, when when we look at rods, it's not like, hey, I built this rod, here you go, it's a great rod, and then someone comes back or a couple guys come back and say, Hey, we all had this same problem. You're not gonna be the type of guy who's egotistical and be like, Oh fucking well. Like you're gonna you're gonna take that into consideration and be like, Hey, all of these guys have the same issues, they're all catching big fucking fish. Let's try to fix this issue, fine tune this issue in our next release. And that's that's kind of what I, I I love about your company is you're not you when when you look at research and development, you're actually listening to the guys on the ground that are running these rods and even yourself. I mean, you fish all the fucking time. So when you're when you started this rod company, I mean, you I'm sure that you put the time and effort and energy into making sure that the rod that you're selling is the same rod that you would fucking use personally.
0: Exactly, exactly, man. I mean, that, that's just who, you know, the company and myself is, as a, you know, as a whole, is that I I would not sell you something that I'm not going to fight a bully and go take fishing. I got, there is confidence in every rod that comes out of the shop, and um, it, it it's important to me, man. I mean, you know, we we as a society... When people become profitable, they forget about what you just noted right there, and it becomes um, a, a frustration to the market. I mean, it, it like Remington. Let's go into this. So, like Remington, to me, used to be one of the best guns you could have. You know, in like the late '80s, early '90s. And now all this shit's hand forged or hand punched out on a on a machine, and it's all like tin metal. And I mean it. My whole goal is to sustain that mindset of, you know, hey, nothing's going out of the shop. I don't care if I have to throw it away. I'm not selling you anything that I wouldn't, you know, that I wouldn't uh, fish myself or use myself. And again, that comes back to, I'm not OCD by any means, but I would say I have a form of it um, from the, per- the
1: perfection standpoint. Well, there's nothing, even if you are OCD, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm fucking full retard and even I can see shit when stuff is wrong. But I think that's a, I fuck, I think that should go on a shirt or be one of your slogans is chasing perfection because that's literally what you're doing. You're always chasing perfection to make sure that you're handing the customer the best product because everyone in the U S fucking buses their at. Well, I shouldn't say everyone. Most people bust their ass for their money and when they invest, I mean, when they invest money, maybe maybe it takes them five months to save up for the rod a100 dollars a month and they invest that into your rods, they want to be confident that they're getting their money's worth. In my opinion, they're getting more than their money's worth and they're supporting a the local business. but i'm I'm glad that everything is perfection with you. And another thing, too, is... I don't think we got into it. Each of these rods are touched by your hands and wrapped by your hands. You're you're, you're wrapping each rod individually, correct?
0: Correct, man. So everything from the blanks, you know, I spine them. I check everything. Make sure all the tolerances is all, Throw them on a deflection board. Make sure... So deflection board means that it holds the same paper. So if I throw... You know, 800 grains off the tip of the rod, it bends the same way within an eighth of an inch. So that's, that's something that, you know, it, 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 if your rod does break and you have a second rod, like where a lot of these guys, you know, when they're going on these big trips, they don't buy one rod, they buy two rods because, you know, they could accidentally slip, fall, break the one. And you want to know grabbing that next rod, it's going to cast exactly the same.
1: You know you're not gonna have to spend a half a day you know with different learning um, your learning the rod yeah yeah it'd be like just like with a bow you know, you know your bow broke or something now here's mine i don't need a pizza all mess you know there's a lot a lot that goes into that so yeah and there's um, there's a saying actually in the military it's um if you have one you have none if you have two then you have one meaning when you go out into the field If you only have one of something, you may... Obviously, obviously you can't pack everything twice. But when you have one of a certain thing, it's bound to fail. And you better have a fucking backup. Or you could fucking cost yourself or one of your teammates their lives. So, that's... I I like the way you said that. Where most guys are going out. They're taking two of your rods instead of just one. Because, obviously, you spend $10,000 on a fucking fly trip halfway across the world in New Zealand. And... The you're putting your fly rod into the back of your rental car and break the tip off, well, now what?
0: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, like I said, accidents happen, but the, 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 the culprit of, well, I guess, what we're trying to say here is that, yeah, you know, it, for one, we're a small business, and we're trying to grow. With that growth, you know, you, you're, you're just getting so much more bang for your buck. But setting aside my company... You're not just helping one company. You know, you're helping five different companies right here. And they're all here in the United States. And well, I think, as uh, society, we need a lot more of them. I mean, I, don't know, I think I was telling you, uh, we, we can't even get appliances. We just bought a new house, trying to find it. We're like three months waiting on appliances. Like, who can wait three months? Like, it's because nothing's built here. And, you know, going through COVID, This pandemic, you know, people are asking me, well, when are you doing rod release? When's the rod release? I had no idea why. I thought it was just tire kickers, you know? Well, it's because nobody, you know, I shouldn't say nobody, but a lot of people in the industry at that price
1: point couldn't provide rods. Because they're fucking made in China. Exactly, you know, and a lot of these rods will come,
0: you know, with two rod tips and yada, 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 and they do that. It's a great selling point, but... um. If you're telling me that i need to have a second tip and you're also telling me there's something probably um fucked up to where i need a second tip so um it's kind of like like i said before there's a lot of shit that's too good to be true but my whole concept is when you buy this uh, you know this product it, it I, I feel that it, it is one of those things that's it's not too good to be true. It's it's legitimate, and um, we will take care of you. And uh, yeah, man, I think I think as we start, you know, we we just launched, we just did our rod launch. Uh, I think it was July fifteenth, and um, you know, rod sales have been really good, um, and, and they're only getting better. You know, we just got a bunch of new guys on our team, and guys that have got hands on rods and demoed them and fell in love with them dropped. Big name companies, and again, I don't like dropping you know company names just because the industry is small. You know, fly fishing industry is smaller than the toy train industry. So We're talking you know, two million people here, if that. Uh, it, um, which is a big market. Don't get me wrong,
1: but it's hard to capitalize on a market that is that small, especially and, when uh, they've been fucking saturated by idiots like Orbit. I shouldn't say idiots when they've been saturated by rods like Orvis rods or these other, these other box brands that have tons of money to put into, instead of putting the tons of money into research and development, they make their rods cheap out of China, India, wherever the fuck. And they put it into marketing. And they put it into fucking marketing. They have, they have guys with fucking nice button up shirts with, ten or uh, they have a two hundred dollar shirt on, they have fucking five hundred dollars waiters on and they're throwing two dollars worth of fucking rod for a photo op. Yeah, Yeah, and I mean I think the best way to you know,
0: to modernize our company is just to say that, hey, we're we're really here to to give you the best product and the best bang for your buck. And it's something that passionate about something that you know this business is not going anywhere you do not have investors you do not have loans like this is something that solely supports itself and um you know as a small company especially nowadays i think that's very it's, it's smart but it's, it's important too man because the last thing you want to do is say hey i offer be a lifetime warranty and then because you can't make your loan payment or your investors want more money then you go out of business and guess what? There goes your lifetime warranty now. You're in. So it's just, you know, th- there's a lot that went into this, a lot of thought behind it. And, um, I guess to your viewers, you know, uh, you know, give us time. I know a lot of you folks are out of Hawaii and I'm up here on the opposite side of the country. So, um, but uh, I'll be down there. We'll, uh, we'll get this shit figured out. And, um, you know, I feel like we'll, we'll be able to provide one of the better rods in the market for, uh, for that. Uh, not just deep-sea fishing, I mean, bones. Uh, and I know you guys got a lot of flags down there to fish, you know, right off the dirt and
1: everything else. I mean, there's a lot of water in Hawaii, so um, <laughs> it would be a great place to capitalize on, for sure, and, and help with growth. Oh, yeah, for sure, and, and that's the that's a beautiful thing about the way you're doing everything is you're not, you're not over, you're not overreaching, you're reaching just enough, you, you, you've found a niche that you want to produce in, and that's the freshwater side. And then as you progress, and the business becomes successful, then you're stepping into another realm, the saltwater side. And that's, in my opinion, that's the right way to do it. You're you're a freshwater guy. Obviously, you fish saltwater, but you mainly fish freshwater. A lot of the guys you talk to or a lot of the dudes that have rods, they're, they fish freshwater. And obviously, you're not going to find fucking saltwater in Montana or Idaho or Iowa or all of these other places. You're going to fucking find freshwater. And that's where a lot of these dudes are going to be fishing.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the... You know that's the capitalization for the market, but that doesn't mean that I want to skimp out and feel like, oh, well, fuck, salt. you know what I mean. So, basically, our concept is you know, I think it's used in the military. What is it? Crawl, walk, run. You know, we don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like this is the best salt water rod. Like, I want to make sure that I am confident that you have the best saltwater rod, and um. Yeah, that's kind of my goal, man. I uh, I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat it or anything else. You know, I I, I say March. Fuck, it might be it might be July. It might be June. It might be August. You know, I, I But when it does release, you'll have confidence in it. I'll have confidence in it. And as that exposure grows, you know, the uh, the it. This kind of shit takes time too, man. You're talking like companies that've been around. 60, 70 years, you know, and I've kept that name, and, um, for a guy, you know, that built custom rods for a decade, and then gone into, you know, now his own rod company, it's, um, it, it it's hard, man, but the most important thing, just like with anything in life, is consistency, um, being consistent, persistent, hungry, and, uh, just, just chasing that shit, and making sure that,
1: Don't give up on it because as soon as you give up, it's done. It's over with, you know. So, like I said, you're you're always chasing perfection. So time time frame doesn't really matter. I know my listeners; they're gonna listen to this and be like, "Fuck it! I need to find out who this dude is. I need to support this business." And obviously, the rods that you have now, if any of the listeners are in the mainland or or have access to fresh water. Go on there and fucking buy a rod. But eventually the Saltwater series is gonna come out. And I don't mind, I don't mind, and I'm sure everybody else would agree with me. We don't mind waiting months or even a year for that rod to come out and it be fucking perfect. Balance is right, casting is right, everything's perfect, flex is perfect, easy in the hand, comfortable. I would rather wait for that perfect rod to come out than you hurry up, rush it, because people want fucking rods, and then now you're looking at a fucking disaster because the rods are failing.
0: Right, you never, yeah, you know, and a lot of companies, you know, they will do that. They'll sell products and then realize, you know, it's, it's shit, and they'll redesign it, and make all the other uh, customers eat the money, and then... You know, you got half the customers that are super happy and half the customers that are super pissed. Well, when you buy eight way, and you know, and you decide that you want ten way, I want you to know that you want to come back to Native to get that ten way. You know what I mean? I don't. And, and this is another hard part, man. Is that you can get on YouTube right now and type in Orbit H three or you know another big you know, and you're going to find hundreds of reviews. So, you know, being a smaller company right now, um, like I said, with exposure, patience, and time, um, those type of things will come, and, you know, maybe we'll get into, you know, the red cast-off and things like that. And the red cast-off essentially is where you take a collaboration of all the rods that are manufactured and um, you cast them, you know. And I would say they're completely adequate for certain situations, like they don't do it on water, they do it on grass, and, you know, so there's a lot of different variables, but, uh, you know, then you're not retrieving fish, you know, fighting fish, things like that, but those are things that help gain exposure, um, I guess, long story short, uh, I think that in time, man, I, I like the motto, you know, um, change the game, that's, that's my goal here is like when I'm 50 years old, like, and native still around, you know, I want that to be the primo, like, you know, the, the legitimate rod to have. And, um, yeah, maybe, you know, I don't think that I'll ever turn into a manufacturing company. You know, if you want one of our rods and we gain some, some type of exposure to where we boom and take off you might have to wait four weeks for a Rod. You might have to wait five weeks for a Rod. But you know what? Uh, at least you know it's still coming from this guy. And to me, that's important. I'd rather, you know, if you're doing some other work, making a case for me, you know, like uh, some of your ranch merchandise or something, you know, like that's something that you put your time and your pride into. It's not something that you paid some Joe schmo to come
1: in there and get you up and then kick it and ship it to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and even even with the uh even with the ranch brand, I mean, with the merchandise and stuff like that, I've I I've had people ask me when I'm releasing certain stuff and they want to purchase certain stuff and for me personally, I'm my ranch is my ranch. It's it's not a company that I'm I'm selling products from. So, when it comes down to ranch merchandise I need to know that people that are fucking wearing my brand aren't pieces of shits because my name is behind that ranch. So when someone sees someone wearing a Hugh ranch and that person's a piece of shit, that reflects bad on me. So with you, when you when you put your fucking rods out there and someone sees the rods and goes, holy shit, dude, this is the fucking nicest rod. Can I cast it? They cast it. They're like, what the fuck? This thing is amazing. That comes back to you. And if you produce a shit rod, well, that person that bought the shit rod goes out and tells his friend, "Don't buy this rod." And and now your name is fucking ruined. So yeah. I, I understand the whole. Hey, you need to wait five weeks for a rod because you're you're not you're not producing garbage. You're producing perfection. So if it takes five weeks, as long as that saves your name in the industry, then people have to wait five fucking weeks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's not that I chose me. Like, customer service, to me, inside, setting aside structural integrity and the ride design and everything, um, the next most important thing in this business isn't profit. It's customer service. And profit margins are set for business to where we will succeed. You know, but that's the most important thing to me is that my customer is 110% happy. Like not just happy, not okay. Like I want them to be phenomenally happy with the product, and you know, I've done it before. I bought stuff. I'm like, ah, it works. You know, it'll get the job done. Like that's not what we're trying to do up here. And um, you know, and we're only gonna progress. You know, like who knows? I, I might end up buying my own. A graphite machine and rolling my own blanks and doing stuff like that. I don't know. Um, you know, the sky's the limit, man. And, uh, I appreciate again. I appreciate you having me on here and, uh, discussing this stuff. But the most important thing that I can say is that um, you know this this truly is um, what I feel is going to change the game. And there's no there's no quit in this guy. And I think that. Um, You know, in the next 10 years, we'll be well-established, maybe five years um, to where, you know, COVID's put a really big damper on us to where, like, there's no fly fishing expos or shows. And, you know, I plan on going to Denver and Wasatch, New Jersey, Florida, you know, like, that's where you gain a lot of exposure um, because these guys are super interested in the industry, um, it'd be awesome, you know, if Hawaii had a fishing expo, which I'm sure that they do. You know, I'm just sure it's not predominantly bass or fly fishing. Um, but it would be great for me to, you know, do something like that. I just need a lot of folks down there, gain some exposure, and, and kind of let them know, you know, uh, I'm there to help support their side of the sport. You know, you think of fly fishing, you think of trout. Everybody does. That's because ninety. 80% of it is trout. But that's starting to transition. These last five years, I mean, you got guys going to bellinis and catching GTs. And, like, it's just tarpon and redfish, you know. It, it's growing. And small smallmouth. You know, my buddy Mike Schultz, shout out to Schultz, um, he runs a phenomenal outfitter right outside of Detroit, catching monster smallmouth, man, on the fly in a drift boat. 30 miles outside of
1: detroit fucking a it's, it, yeah it's the
0: coolest stuff so you know there is you look at fly fishing a lot of people's like oh you look like one of the baton twirlers at a football game like okay well the same gun hunter says the same thing about a bow on it why do i need to walk that far and yada 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 so it's it's just one of them things you're, you're taking a step back and it's it's a different appreciation for the harvest or the catch. Um, so that's kind of my perception of it is that, yeah, of course, it's an art form. And then there's a whole nother side of it, tying fly. You know, it's, it, it's some, it, it, it contains your man. It, it, it's one of them things that, you know, I know you're super into, you know, boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and shooting your guns and, you know, hunting and, you know, just working out at the ranch and things like that. But, man, when you divulge into something like this, it it contains you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to be a jack of all trades. And I think that that's a great thing to do is to be knowledgeable in a lot of things. But I think there's nothing more important than trying to perfect something your entire life. And I would say that for me has definitely been archery and fly fishing. So it's like those two things coincide with one another and um but fly fishing in general um it, it's a great sport i encourage people to you know if you've never done it before maybe go on a guided trip do something like that if you do like it if you do like it which I guarantee you 99.9 percent of the people will really enjoy it um and i heard you talking about on your podcast you know I think it was uh, the, the most
1: recent one that you have got. Um, was it Provisions? Or, I can't remember the Pro- title of it. But providing.
0: Providing, sorry. Um, so women, a lot of times, tend to not like fishing, okay? But what what would you say you're the best at? Probably hunting, right? Like you go out and you, you
1: put meat on the table on a regular. Yeah, stalking. So you're good at it. So, your wife enjoys it because you're good at it.
0: So, if you get good at fishing, then you can teach that to your wife. I'm not saying this just towards you, I'm saying this towards any man. It works that way with anything, you know. Um, like my wife, I can tell her to hand me the purple cup and she'll hand me the green one, you know. It, it's just <laughs> not talking bad about the wife. It's just sometimes it's hard to teach your own wife something, but. Um, you know, with, with getting them involved and once they become successful at it, they'll enjoy it just as much as you're, man. It's just like hunting or, or anything, you know, working out or, um, I think it's, uh, and it's also something, man, that's great to incorporate with the family, you know, like a kid growing up, learning how to fly fish, not a lot of kids that, you know, they take pride in that, like, oh, you can't do this, you know, and, um. And as they get
1: older, well, uh, What's that? sorry to cut you off, but even on on that subject, when you look at kids' attention spans, this is this is something when you when you introduce them into fly fishing, like um, or bow hunting. I I got my son a bow, and when you introduce him into something where it takes a hundred percent of focus that that kid has to do to get good at it, it's fucking it's it's crazy. Because like my my oldest son, he kind of has uh. ADHD, like myself, um, obviously I'm fucking full retard. So I pass that little bit of that gene on to him. But when, when I take him out fishing or when I take him bow hunting or just shooting his bow in the backyard, he is focused 110% on that because there's no, there's no room for error. If, if he's not paying attention a hundred percent on that fucking arrow, the arrow could go off in the space. If he's not paying a hundred and ten percent on that fucking cast on the fly rod, then he hooks into the grass, snaps the line. Now we got to stop tie line and all that stuff, and he doesn't enjoy that part. He likes catching fish, so I I think it's right. it's a it's a it's a great way to get your kids into a sport where it takes a hundred percent of the focus of a hundred percent of the kids' focus to to um. To become good at it. If yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and, you know, when they see dad can do it, mom can do it. That's even more motivation for for them. You know, it's like, oh, well, they can do it. They're catching fish. You Eat, know? Especially, do do si- especially sibling rivalry. I mean, man, I fucking... My, my, my daughter can't pull back the compound bow that my son shoots, but I bought her a little cheap recurve bow. And, man, those two get in the backyard... It's like, I don't even know how to explain it. The competition between them is insane. <laughs> so I think that's going to kind of yeah. transfer over to fly fishing. Um, but we're coming up on an hour. Before we cut this off, it is September. So obviously in Montana, deer season, elk season is coming in. What does, what does the future hold for Derek in the hunting realm this season? What are we looking at?
0: Yeah, so I spent a good weekend um, trying to locate some bulls. We found some, but this year, man, it's just been so hot and dry. Um, You know, everybody's going to the same place, and that's water. So it's been a tough year. They're not talking right now. Um, we got all this smoke moving in from Oregon and Washington, Cali. Uh, yeah, it's it's I think it's gonna be a tough year, but I, I tell you what, I think it's gonna be, you know, if you wanna put some meat on the table, I think it's gonna be a great year for rifle season. Um but, you know, we could have a this is Montana, man. I think they start selling next week. So um I think as soon as we get another cold snap I'll definitely I'll definitely be out and ripping some and um trying to
1: harvest that big bull perfect put some meat on the table um so we'll we'll go ahead and wrap it up um like I said you're a soon to be father real quick how is how is mama doing? Oh,
0: no, everything's good man everything's great uh just just bought a house trying to get it all wrapped and tidied up and uh, yeah, you know, be here, little man be here before we know it, and then uh, I'll be working a full-time job and uh, running a rod company and raising a baby, so it's it's going to be a wild 2021, but um, I'm looking forward to it, man, I, you know, I think, um, you know, we, we, we do, we live out here alone, we don't have no family here, we just love Montana, um, always have, you know, we are been here for a numerous amount of years, and uh, yeah, man, look forward to raising my kids here, and um, just, uh, like, you know, working
1: and chasing that American dream, man, that's all we can do. Perfect, man. Um, Obviously, I'm gonna have to have you on after you kill that bull to tell us what happened with that and how the hunt went and all that stuff, or how your season went in general, but... Thank you for taking the time out of your day to to contact me, get on the podcast. Um, thanks for everything you do for us veterans. Obviously, I, I I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart, and I know a lot of the boys do too. So thank you, man. Um, oh, man. Have, have oh, a, thank you,
0: guys. No, no problem. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I mean, I guess before we end this, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you, you put out a lot of. You know no bullshit content and uh um you know i know not everybody's gonna agree with it but you know that doesn't
1: really matter what matters is that you believe in that shit and uh i, I should say shit you believe in that stuff and um you can say shit fuck it uh, i believe in that shit no wholeheartedly I mean, <laughs> yeah i'm just saying like uh it, it
0: you know i i wish the best you know, for your future endeavors, I know you're a very knowledgeable guy. You're constantly researching, fact-checking. But, you know, setting all that aside, man, um, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, uh, I'm here to help you, support you in way that I
1: can, you and your family. Uh, and thanks again for having me on here. Thanks, brother. I'll talk to you later. Have a good night. Yep, you too, man. Bye. Bye. Well, that was date David that was Derek from native rod company again um on Instagram at native rod company phenomenal fucking company as you guys heard phenomenal friend um thank you guys for listening to the podcast support local businesses where you can and if you can afford to thank you very much for all your guys support not only for me but the people I have on and the businesses that I put forth or decide to work with Have a good rest of the week.